Hey guys, we're so glad you're one of the first to listen to the launch of our podcast. And to say thank you for being here, we wanted to give away a gift certificate for a one-hour massage. All you have to do to enter is take a screenshot on your phone of wherever you're listening from and put it in your stories and tag us at Lookup Collective. Thanks so much for being here. We are Chris and Elizabeth Servant, middle school sweethearts who have literally grown up together. We have been through the many highs and lows of marriage, parenting, friendship, and faith over the years. And through it all, we believe we are better together. We created the Look Up Collective podcast to provide simple, actionable, and encouraging conversations that help you become rooted in what matters so you can look up and serve others around you. If you are someone who wants to make the most of this one life we have been given and are looking to be more intentional in the ways you see and show up for the people in your life, then you are in the right place. Let's dive in. Hey, welcome back. We wanted to just say, as we did in our last episode, we are embracing being beginners. We've never done a podcast mm-hmm. before. This is our second ever podcast. So if you would also embrace us being a beginner, basically just have patience with us as we try to figure out what this world of having a conversation with a mic in front of our face. (laughs) The good news is a lot of these conversations that we're going to have each week are conversations that we're already having. Yes, we have these conversations. It feels like on the daily around here. It is a hot topic in the servant household because it's important to us. And so we thought might as well have the conversation with others and invite you in. This is maybe a conversation you want to have with your spouse, with your friend, with other people in your life, because the more people that are living with intentionality and making the things that matter to them happen, we're just going to live more fulfilled, satisfied lives. The hope for this episode is that you're going to be encouraged to walk away empowered to identify and define the things that matter to you. What's the most important things in your life? What are the things that you want to do? We understand that time is actually the most valuable currency. It's more important than actual money, the dollar bill, which has been decreasing (laughs) drastically Mm -hmm. lately. Time is the most valuable currency. We are not going to get more of it. We have this time that we have on this earth and we want to spend it all wisely. And so we are thankful that you are here, thankful that you are giving us a little bit of that time. Mm -hmm. And so in turn, we wanna provide value to you. So Elizabeth, our mission, is what we want to help people become rooted in what matters so they are freed up to look up and serve others and others meaning the people that they are meant to serve in their life because we can't serve everyone right and we'll get burnt out trying to do all the things but when we are rooted we're going to have more clarity in who we're meant to serve and freedom to serve. Thank you for sharing that. And so today, what we really wanted to look at was that first portion of Mm. that statement. We want to know what it means to be rooted in what matters. So Chris, why did we choose the word rooted? Well, it's actually a pretty cool story. I think it is anyway. So (laughs) a few months back, I actually got the opportunity to officiate my sister's wedding. It was precious. Yeah, it was it was a fun time and it was a special time. I have one sister and so I mm-hmm. wanted to give 
my absolute best to it. Elizabeth and I went on a pre-wedding trip to the venue. It was mm-hmm. a little bit away from where we were living, and it was such a beautiful place. Like Stunning. Barns everywhere, rolling hills. It was so beautiful. The most beautiful part was this meadow, this meadow that had big, huge oak trees, this very small but quaint, beautiful chapel right down there. And so that's actually where the wedding was going to be held. And so I wanted to really use the surroundings to help illustrate the points that I was trying to to say. So I started with these beautiful trees, these trees that had been there for a long time, these trees that had weathered many storms that were planted many, many, many years ago and had seen the beautiful days and the difficult days. And how that really correlates to a marriage. But what really was the point that inspired what we're trying to do today was the reason why those trees are there is because they're healthy trees. The reason why they're healthy trees is because they're rooted. They have great soil. They have great water. They have nutrients that come in there and help build it. Nutrients. Nacho Libre, if you (laughs) haven't heard, it's an amazing movie. They have nutrients and through time through weathering the storm, through doing those things over time, they were able to then produce the fruit that we saw there that day, which is this big, beautiful, amazing tree. And so because of that, that's where we were really trying to also look here when we're rooted in what matters, when we have those roots, those things that bring nutrients in our life, those things that that really, really matter to us, they're the things that we prioritize, then we're able to have the fruit of looking up and serving others yeah a lot of the times we want the fruit without having the roots and we want all these things to happen in our life when we're not taking care of and nurturing and nourishing the roots like for instance in marriage we want the friendship the loyalty the devotion the all these different fruits of a beautiful healthy marriage But if we're not rooted in those foundational things from the beginning, it's going to be incredibly hard to produce that kind of fruit. And then shortly after the wedding, I was reading a great book. It's actually one of my favorites at this point, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. It's a classic. Millions and millions and millions of copies have been sold. And I was loving it. I do have to admit, though, I got my bubble busted a little bit whenever I was reading it because I thought, which, you know, it shouldn't matter, right? Like trees have been around for a long time. Trees have been around for a long time. It's kind of like in the Bible, too. It's in the Bible a lot. <laughs> you know, you're the vine, I'm the branches, those types of things. And like being rooted by the rooted water, the Psalm tree. 1. Yes. That was the verse that I used in the Bible. <laughs> I do know that it, it's been around for a while. But no longer than like, I'm not kidding, like a few days later, I saw this whole thing explained also by Stephen Covey, how you can't change the fruit unless you're changing the roots when it deals with trees and so it it was it was exciting to know that while i had not read that yet i mean other than the bible it was encouraging to also see that from stephen covey elizabeth what are the things in a day-to-day life you as a mom wife business owner whatever that is what are the things that sometimes keep you from focusing on the things that matter oh so 100 percent busyness can totally just take 
the reins. It can control our life. Got to go here. Got to go here. Got to do this. Got to do that. Got to get to this appointment. Got to be here. And then we lose all sense of control. Really, our calendar, our planner is controlling our life, right? Which 100% those things have to happen, but it's often the things that we have to do right away. Okay, you get a phone call and it just derails your whole day because you have to go do X, Y, Z, or we live in this state of triage, like emergency, totally having to do these emergency things that are either important or slightly important or maybe not important, but they always make you feel like they have to be done at that moment. And so you feel like life is spinning out of control and you have no control. And ultimately, yes, in the grand scheme of things, we do not have ultimate control, but we do have more control over the things that happen in our life than we think we do. Yeah, I I think that was an important thing for us to talk about because I don't think anybody's listening right now and I've definitely have not shown up in my life thinking and saying, well, if only I could not do the things that matter. That's not typically our goal. Usually, of course, we want to focus on the things that matter. So I think it's important for us to identify, important for us to call out those things that are keeping us from those yeah, things. There's right? so many people who are so good at accomplishing tasks. They are just on it. They have a to-do list and they are going to knock it out. And maybe some of those things on that to-do list do actually matter to them. But often it's the things that we think we should be doing. We should do this. Mm-hmm. We should go here. We should be here. And it's not always the things that are rooted in the things that truly matter and are going to matter in literally in five, 10, 20 years, at the end of our life, are they going to matter? We're gonna have to do some things that at the end of our life, it didn't really matter that we did. But overall, we have control in truly honing in on the things that matter. One thing that really helped me start to think about this as well is a thought process through Donald Miller where you actually write out your eulogy. Now, I know that feels a little morbid. Like, it it really kind of does. So just sit with that for a second. It's okay to feel a little, like, gloom and doom from it. It's fine. Mm -hmm. But then move past it and really look at it as that's hopeful, right? Like, we can think through at the end of our life whenever we think that might be. Because, again, we're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised next week. Elizabeth, she had trouble listening to it for a little bit. But I plan on living for another 50 years. Like, I want to go to 85. And she didn't like that, that I put a hard number on it. So now I say 85 plus. Okay, so 50 (laughs) plus years is what I have. And so then at 85, what in the world do I want people to say at my funeral? What do I want them to say about me? And that's, again, a sobering exercise to go through, but it's also an eye-opening exercise Mm -hmm. to be able to go through. And it also gives you hope that, yes, we can't control the narrative fully, but we can put in the actions that are going to back up the narrative that we want others to say about us. Yes, exactly. Because the idea is we look at the eulogy, like in 50 years, what do I want my grandkids to say about Granddaddy Chris or whatever my name (laughs) ends up being? Or my neighbors or the people that I served alongside at my church 
or whomever came in contact with me? What are those things that I want to be known for? And so then I actually wrote those things out. And then it's helpful to work backwards from there. Another Stephen Covey quote, start with the end in mind, go to the end and then work backwards from there. So then we can go to 10 years, five years, one year. And then like we're talking about today, the daily actions will then lead to the one year, mm-hmm. the five year, the 10 year. Yeah, because it's, it's really great to know where we're wanting to go. If you're going on a trip, you got to know where you want to go. Mm-hmm. But how do you get there? You have to have directions. You have to take it one step at a time. So it's so great to have that bird's eye view and then to kind of zoom in and say, okay, well, how do I practically do this every day? For instance, I want to be known for someone who prays for you, that you know I am storming heaven on your behalf and interceding for you. You know, we all do it, right? You say, hey, will you pray for me? Oh, yeah, I'll pray for you. And then we don't ever think about it, right? So if that's something that is important to me, it matters to me in the grand scheme of my whole entire life that I'm known for someone who prays for others. How do I actually practically break that down and do that every day? Well, yes, you can have prayer and devotion, but I wanted to take a step further. So like, for instance, I have um, alarms that go off all day on my phone at different times of the day that I stop and pray for people. Am I perfect in it? Do I do it every single day as soon as the alarm goes off? No, like don't ever hear me that I'm just over here like on my knees all day long. No, but it I have a posture towards looking up and speaking to the Lord when those alarms go off and it's causing me to be way more intentional than I would have if I didn't take the time to have the alarms essentially. And it's bled over to, I was working with my daughter with homeschool and all of a sudden her alarm went off and she was praying for a family member. Like our actions bleed over. Like our words are powerful, but our actions speak so much louder and our kids are watching us. So that's something that's important to me. Like it's already happening with my children that they know, wow, my mom prays for others because that's important to me. It's not actually about what people say about you. It's about the things that matter to you and you're actually doing them in your life. I think it's beautiful because you went from eulogy to daily actions, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I want to be known for. And because of that, I'm going to put in the reps every single day. That's really what it leads to. And as I talk about reps, I'm thinking I want to live till I'm 85 plus, right? Mm -hmm. That's past the normal life expectancy currently. So if that's something that I want to do, then I need to do my part in taking care of my body, Mm -hmm. maintaining it each and every day. So now that's really changed my mindset even towards movement and exercise, where at one point I was working towards I wanted abs tomorrow, (laughs) which has not happened yet. (laughs) RIP abs. They may never happen. From that to I want to be thriving up until I'm 85 physically. Mm -hmm. And so then my approach to showing up, even when I don't get abs, is to continually show up in such a way because of where I'm going. Yeah, and ultimately you can't control if you're going to live to 85, but you're doing your part Correct. in taking care of your body, nurturing it, nourishing it, maintaining it. A lot of times we just expect 
things to happen for us, like for us to just live this long life of longevity, but we actually don't put any action steps in. And that's the whole thing is like faith without works is dead. We can have all the faith in the world that we're going to live for forever. But if we actually don't take care of our bodies, it's literally logic that if we're not taking care of ourselves in the day to day, the statistics are not in our favor. Yeah, it's the same thing with our spiritual life. We can want to be a godly, loving, servant-hearted old man, right? (laughs) But if we haven't been going through the process of pursuing Christ throughout our life, then we're not just all of a sudden going to get there just because we're old, right? We have to put in the reps. And so it's with anything, anything that matters, we get to mm-hmm. put in the reps each day. Now, does that mean that we're going to do that perfectly every single day? Does that mean that Elizabeth prays for every single person that comes across her alarm? No. Does that mean that every single session in the gym that I have is the greatest ever? No. Does that mean that we spend every single day in 10 hours of prayer and fasting? No. But we can do those small steps, that continual thing. Yeah, and it's so important to to trust the process and enjoy and marry the process and enjoy the journey. Because it's not, I know we're talking a lot about like the end of our life and walking backwards from there, but like that's how we live contented lives on the day-to-day. We can go to bed feeling fulfilled and satisfied and content because we're doing the things that matter to us, that are important to us, right? And actually, we get so much more done. To me, personally, I have felt like the weeks have gone by slower when I'm intentional. Mm-hmm. When I am less intentional, it's like, oh my gosh, a whole nother week has passed. A whole month has passed. Because I just feel like I'm just walking aimlessly and not doing the things that I really want to do. I'm just doing life. I'm allowing life to happen to me instead of for me. And that is a huge difference. And when we allow life to happen for us, everything changes. Our perception changes. And our thoughts about our life change. And I heard a quote from my coach this week. She said, your life will never be better than your thoughts about it. And how sobering is that? That so often we play the victim. We play the victim like, man, this happened to me. Or some of us just have really hard things that happen and a really bad hand that's dealt to us because we can't control all of the circumstances in our life. We can only control our response to it. So when we have that sense of control on how we respond and what our thoughts are towards our circumstances and our life is only going to be as good as our thoughts are about it but that is beautiful like doesn't that give you so much hope because we can change our thoughts we have the power we have the agency no one else can think for us no one can think for you no one can think for me and that is why i believe jesus tells us to take our thoughts captive and to think on things that are honorable worthy and true Because our thoughts are so powerful. Our mind is one of the most powerful tools he has given us. And so when we come to our life and truly believe the best of it and not always wanting something else or the grass is greener on the other side, the grass is greener where we water it. 
and what we think and how we perceive it. So all of our life can be so much goodness that we see in it if we choose to see it that way. That's right. And I also wanted to circle back a bit and say as well that it's not just eulogy. The end might be when your kids graduate. It might be the end of a quarter at work. What, whatever that is, we can think about what do we want our kids to be like when they graduate and what do we want them to learn from us? Because again, we can't, they're not robots. We don't like make them into exactly what we want them to be, but we can say, what are the principles that we want them to learn? What are those things? And then we can work backwards from there. And that's where it kind of can slow down parenting a little bit. Mm -hmm. It can kind of put some meat to these days that are so mundane sometimes. These days that are so overwhelming sometimes. It can be like, okay, this act that I'm doing right now is actually building them into the person that they're going to be whenever they graduate or whatever, right? This thought process really helps that. Yeah. And honestly, too, I just want to say this because a lot of times as moms, we feel this shame and guilt and pressure to always be just ever present with our kids. And that is impossible. (laughs) Like you just, you can't, like our minds cannot be present every second of the day, but we can practice mindfulness being where our bodies are, our minds are. And that often we think we have to do this grandiose big gesture to create memories with our kids or to even like what Chris is saying, make that impact. But it's actually in the very small mundane things that can make that incredible impact that we're wanting. And it doesn't always take a lot of time. And so, so many of these things that we want, we can actually do because it's in small increments. It's not like we have to spend hours and hours and hours doing all of these things that we want. It can be 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes here, but it's the quality of that 20 minutes and 40 minutes when you are intentional in it that can truly make waves in someone's life. Yes, so we are out of time for today. I hope that this was helpful to you. These are the types of conversations that we'll have. They will be, how do we show up in a way that matters? How do we focus on what matters? How do we define what matters? And in a very practical way. So those are the things that are going to guide our conversations. The next episode, we're going to talk about being freed up to look up and serve others. Once we're rooted in what matters, we're going to be freed up to look up and serve those that are around us. So hopefully you would love to listen to that. I would like to tell you about something that's actually really cool. If you are needing some sort of help, some sort of direction, some sort of resource around making the things that matter happen in your life, we actually have you covered. We have a worksheet just for you. Yes, like we talked about earlier, at the end of our life, what do we want to be known for or remembered for in our specific roles? So we're going to zoom in a bit and actually write out our specific roles that matter to us. And then we're going to set some intentions for each week. And then you can plug them in on your calendar where you want it to happen. We actually have a link to the instructions, how to use it, how to get the sheet and all of that will be in the show notes. All you do is click there. It'll send you straight to the worksheet. Lastly, if you have enjoyed this at all, if it was helpful at all, if there was anything that was encouraging to you, 
I would be willing to bet it might be helpful to others as well. And so we would love for you to share this show in some way, whether that's in social, whether that's at the mom, at the grocery store, or wherever you are. We think it'd be really cool if you just told someone about it, if it was helpful to you in any way. We are so thankful that you spent some time with us. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye, guys. Bye.